You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Bring along the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies to add a sprinkle of joy to your workday. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Celebrity Book Club Hello there, rock star My name is Miss Piggy What is your name? Well, hey there, little Miss Piggy I'm Alice Cooper You're so sexy By the way, I'm single right now Kermie and I are on the outs (laughs) Well, his loss is my gain You seem like a pretty cool chick You want to knock back a little Jack and hang out with my snake? Champagne is more my drink, but sure. I would love to go out with you, Alice. You look a little scary, but I like bad boys. Man, you know, you seem like a a fancy chick, but you also like to get down and dirty. Do you have a motorcycle? I can be a bad girl, too. Maybe I could go be one of your groupies at your concert. Okay, Miss Piggy, but I gotta warn you, life on the open road is not for the faint of heart. We got hard music, even harder people. Drugs, alcohol, partying, late nights, can you handle it? Oh my, let's rock and roll. That knocking at the door It's all your friends, you filthy whore Your husband's gone And we've got books And a bottle of wine to kill It's Hollywood It's books It's gossip I'm shook It's memoirs It's martinis It's Studio 54 It's Celebrity Book Club Come read it while it's hot Celebrity Book Club Tell your secrets, we won't talk Celebrity Book Club No boys are allowed Celebrity Book Club Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, Hey, best best friend! Welcome to Rock Radio with Stephen and Lola. Get ready to rock! Oh yeah, no more Mr. Nice Guy. School's out for the winter and the summer because we fucked your teacher and buried them in a cemetery. Yeah! 
I brought bats to this recording and we're going to eat them. <laughs> and then I'm going to rip off one of the heads of the bats and spit it on the doorstep of the president of iHeartRadio. That's so badass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's up, Steven? What's Yo, up? What's up? What's up? Rockstar. Wow, what a rock week. I just went to a rock concert last night. That's so fucking apropos of this episode. It is. And they were old rockers. That's cool. What band did you see? Uh, yeah, I saw this cool old country band called Drive-By Truckers. And it was a dope-ass show? It was a dope-ass show. They played till 1 a.m. I was like, damn, aren't you guys tired yet? Were people like... Rocking? Were they like drinking whiskey, or was it kind of swaying with beer? Definitely whiskey okay. was present, and it was like couples, but also just a lot of white men holding beers, nodding. Okay, so this is actually really interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, let's unpack this. So guys are coming to this show either alone or with their groups of guy friends, but like it's not couples. It's not there like guys were, and their girlfriends. There were couples, as in like you guys have been married for many years, but I feel like I was seeing like guy friends who are probably like, you know, maybe they don't see each other that much. Right. Something happens to men. And no, I know. I don't talk about this. Oh, God, I know. Men, men don't struggle to maintain close friendships as they age. Because they are afraid of the intimacy. And yes. they say, oh, the wife will just text yes. the wife of my best friend. Right, and the wives text and the husbands don't. And they just show up. And it's really hard and that's what they need activities and they need tickets and they need to call their friend up and say, hey, Dave. I, I picked up some tickets for drive-by truckers. Want to come? Thought maybe we could get a couple beers, see a show. Before the show at a bar, I heard the most like crazy man conversation that is very like, do you guys know each other? He was talking about how amazing France was. And he was like, if you've been to Spain, the vermouth there is different. <laughs> he was like, yeah, no, no, no. It's not like vermouth here. And he was like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, so you just go to these bars and you get like a vermouth and soda, but it's, it's totally different. He's like, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually love burgers in France. They taste uh, gamier. And then the third friend, <laughs> it gets so awkward. He goes, have you guys ever been to Chicago? Stop. <laughs> Stop. You overheard this conversation? Yeah. This desperate attempt to connect as men. I mean, that's really sad. The domestic friend just being like, oh, France? Yeah, Chicago's kind of the France. And he, like, as he said it, I feel like he was already burst. I know you guys are talking about France, but, um, yeah, there's actually this really cool restaurant in Chicago where I had vermouth, and they were all kind of like, ooh. Sad. Poor girl. I will say this, though, about the McDonald's in France, is that in Europe, a lot of the fast food is a lot better yes. because of regulations. Because the EU has some regulations on like how fast workers can be at the meat processing facilities. And like ultimately, it makes the food better. No, I would die to go to McDonald's in any other country. You can get pasta at a McDonald's in Italy. A Chinese McDonald's? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the stuff they have there? It's probably like fully like Kobe beef. Yeah. Alfredo sliders. Yeah. Like I mean, they Parmigiana. also have the classics, too. Well, of course. <laughs> People love the classics. Anyway, all's to say, I love men. <laughs> and we read a book by a man who loves to play with femininity and kind yes. of in, in many ways was a trailblazer. Trailblazer for heavy metal cross-dressing. Hair metal gothness. And some might say invented goth. I would say literally invented goth, invented heavy metal. Yeah. Invented shock rock. Yeah. Invented literally eyeliner on men. No, I know. And if you actually look at the timeline. Well, let's say his name. 
Alice Cooper. And his book that we read, Golf Golf Monster. Monster. A Rock and Roller's Life and 12 Steps to Becoming a Golf Addict. Okay, now let me just say this. (laughs) Let me know. Let me just say this, okay? (laughs) You're going to call this book random, but some of us really related with this book. I guess I was hoping, and maybe, dear listener, you are maybe hoping, too, as you heard the title of this, that, oh, this is kind of like a fun golf handbook with a lot of, like, interesting golf factoids and, like, how to golf, like, from a rocker's perspective. And maybe there's some anecdotes thrown in, but it's actually, like, way more of a memoir. And then the golf is kind of, like, it's a way device to... that he uses to yes. be, like, oh, the, here's, like, a lesson, a kind of general, broadly applicable lesson that you could use in golf or in life. He does get to golf gossip. If you're out there saying, I want the tea, okay? There is golf gossip. Was that a pun about the tea? The tea, yeah. Did you get that? I'm also wearing a polo today. Is that going to be your new podcast? Oh, what's the tea? Yeah. But it's a golf podcast? (laughs) What's the tea with Lily and Carmen Esposito? (laughs) Wait, I heart listening. Can I get a spinoff? The way that I'm getting a call tomorrow being like, so yeah, somebody book club has been canceled. It's yeah, now what's the tea with Lee Murata and Carmen Esposito? It's golf, pop culture, and little known facts. Yeah, he used this basically as a framing device, as you said, to be like, huh, seven rules of like becoming a golf addict is like when I went on this tour. But I also thought that was, you know, fun. You learn about rock and roll. But Here's how why I related to this book so much, because it's like actually randomly so much about even though you think of him as this rocker, like wanting to be part of the Rat Pack set. Yeah. And when he becomes a golfer and hanging out with Jackie Gleason, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Groucho Marx. The Groucho Marx hang. Yeah. The book. That is really funny. But yeah, so he is from Michigan. He's from Detroit. Then rock. Yeah. City. And his parents move because he has asthma. Yeah. Which, and I also think that was new to our country. Not many folks were having asthma. But then his dad also becomes a missionary. Right. His dad is like kind of like a badass. And he's like, oh, my dad is so cool. And And he's like, we need to move to like Arizona so I can convert Navajos to Christianity. And it like coincides with the asthma. And he's like, yeah. And then my dad like never drank and like. He was just like fully converting, and you're like, this is so sketchy. So then Alice starts, you know, playing in bands. He has like a cool rock band in Arizona in the, because it's the 60s. It's the 60s. A time of great change. It was a time of great change. What I, and he was obsessed with two of my favorite records that I was obsessed with as an 11-year-old as well, the Peter Gunn soundtrack and the Mr. Lucky soundtrack, which are crime jazz. Henry Mancini. He loves Mancini. The extent to which he's always like, listing Salvador Dali as an influence. <laughs> that Salvador Dali is almost every page of this book and he's yeah. so being like trying to prove he's intellectual all the time. He's just like, sorry, like our music was inspired yeah. by art. I mean, we were the weird kids. We were the freaks. We were the outcasts. Yeah, we love Dali. Like, Picasso. No, it's kind of like, yeah, I've been to the MoMA. <laughs> yeah. like, But also growing up in Motown, like, it seems like he was very like greater mob, greater Motown, where he's like, yeah, my dad and all his friends, like Jimmy the Boots and like uh, 
Arthur Rancolo. Like, they would be hanging out, like, in a smoke-filled room, drinking whiskey, like... Listening to doo-wop. Yeah. And, like, oh, man, did I look up to those guys. And they're, like, playing, you know, so much Mancini. And so, like, Peter Gunn was, like, a 50s TV show. And it was, like, you know, very xylophone-based. And that was, like... You know, got into a lot of my early record collecting of okay, stereo wait. jacks. So this is just like a little part of beginning where he's talking about growing up in Detroit. My first memory of growing up in working class East Detroit is sitting in a smoke-filled living room with my dad and his brothers watching Friday Night Boxing. There were lots of Carling's Black Label beer and Lucky Strike cigarettes. I would drink Werner's ginger ale. There was always so much smoke in the room, I'm surprised I didn't get lung cancer. My uncles were Damon Runyon-type characters, tough guys with colorful speech and fascinating stories. Uncle Jocko ran a crooked pool hall in East Detroit. He was a spry, lightweight prize fighter with a broken nose and not an ounce of fat on him. <laughs> like, Fast Eddie Felsing came in to play Minnesota Fats. That happened at Jocko's. It was a famous Detroit dump. During a hot game, the doors would close and lock for hours, sometimes days. The way when I was, like, buying my records listening to jazz in my Cambridge condo, that I wanted that to be my childhood and I wanted my dad to be like actually Rocco the Kid and just like Billy Bagels and it was like couldn't have been Your dad was just like, like a, a, a quiet like questionably <laughs> heterosexual in quotes scientist. And he's just like working on like the genomes and cells and I'm just like yeah I grew up in a pool hall. <laughs> yeah my uncles they would always be shoshing around. But I'll say this so this whole book is about how Golf saved his life from the drink. Yeah, from alcoholism. So basically, he was a big partier on tour, as these rockers tend to be. And he was, I mean, the bottle was destroying him. Know. And so he would do, you know, first, oh, I'll have a few beers. Then, okay, I won't have whiskey until noon. Mm. And then he woke up right. and would hit the bottle. Yeah, no, he kept turning back the clock where it's like, now it's 7 a.m. and I beer doesn't even feel like anything anymore, so I have to have whiskey the second I get up. But back to his kind of metal creation music career, because I always kind of thought, actually, Alice Cooper like came out later, but he was pre-Ozzy Osbourne yeah. and pre-Kiss. Kiss, like, he does say they copied him, Fully but he's not, him. like, so angry about it. This Which book is, is cool. very, like happy. The cadence is just a little bit too positive hunky-dory. It's really positive, I think, because he is a billionaire. So no, I think for sure. Yes. Like, he's happy. I'm good for her. But Which like, is, like, very the opposite of a Matthew Perry addict. Like, I listened to the audiobook and he's just like, and yeah, by that point, he's, like, laughing, being like, and I was drinking a full bottle of whiskey. Anyway, Callaway irons are amazing No, and, and he does have friends. I think he's a nice person and, you know, Matthew Perry, obviously, I think has a very lonely life. Yes. As does Elvis Presley, which we'll get into. Which he talks into. Yes. But so he's this kind of like cool, outcast, badass kid. Of course, the classic, every single memoir has to have it. Quote, I was a skinny little kid. I had to be the class clown. That's how I survived. Oh, Just being I like, sorry, I was be. so skinny and weird. I wasn't a jock. I needed to find my own way of getting attention. And then his father like puts him in some school. Oh, where where like, all the girls are where, hot. Yeah, all the girls are hot. And he comes home from school and he's like, dad, thank you. And the dad is like, what? And then the dad, like, so 50s, like, goes to his school one day and sees all these, like, hot 14-year-old girls in, like, uniforms. 
And he's like, oh, Nelly. Like, you're welcome, yeah. son. I mean, that is so Arizona. I feel like that's so ASU. It's like, if there's going to be any high school where every girl is like so titaniaed out. It's going to be like, Arizona. It's weird top. also even to think about Arizona in the 50s. No, you're like, you're like was what? it invented <laughs> Was it still just a big salad place with like mezcal flights? <laughs> <laughs> no, they had no open air malls. Huge a la Teresa, like Italian restaurants. Yeah. But it is insanely 50s where he's like, I was in a rock and roll band and we'd all like share a beer. But so his inspiration, I related this a lot because he was like, James Bond was my hero and we read all the books and he comes to James Bond through a very nerdy place, which I totally relate to where you're just like, I love the gadgets and the spying and internationalism. And he was like, when they heard Dr. No was going to be a movie, he was like, oh my God, no one else knew what Dr. No was. But me and my friends, like, we bought tickets for 10 cents. Like, we couldn't wait to go get in line. Well, it's funny thing about James Bond and, like, these, like, crime jazz records where I also, too, like, thought that was so cool. And it's like, at the end of the day, these are worshipping cool things, but it comes from a nerdy fandom Yeah, and it's a nerdy fandom, and I think also the masculinity in those movies, it is not your classic. I mean, James Bond is famously not American. Actually, he's famously (laughs) British. And he is like, he's an intellectual, he's cosmopolitan. He reads. He has vodka, you know, which was for many years a woman's drink. Oh, oh, you want a vodka soda? You're a little bitch? (laughs) Like, he has martinis. It's like, okay, girl. Little girl. Girl. (laughs) So that's another way that this skinny little goth musician who loves Salvador Dali is kind of rejecting some of the archetypes of American masculinity that were foisted upon him. And he is very just like your classic like gelled hair. But then once this little decade, the 60s happen. And a little band called The Beatles comes to America. Yeah. And instead, you know, where everyone zigs, he zags. So it's like he didn't go Paisley bowl cut. I mean, he was for a little while. And then he started being like, you know what? I'm going to be a character. Yeah. Well, okay. So this is interesting. So when he like moves to LA and they start getting more famous, they meet this pack of girls that are called like, what are they oh, called? Oh my God. The, the G- was it the GTOs? Yeah. It's like, like this, a like, girl rock band. And they're like these slutty, fun, crazy girls in LA. <laughs> and they're like all sleeping with each other. And then they're like, we need to some- wear some cool clothes on stage to freak people out. And they're like, why don't you wear our like lace tops? And then he's like, yeah, sure. Actually, that is badass. And and so he literally invents goth and like invents the Rocky Horror Picture Show and invents Kiss and invents David Bowie and like just like black in- makeup like Ozzy Osbourne yeah yes like men were wearing- invents emo like it's just it's all comes from this before men were wearing like belled sleeves and flares and he was like right. no what about like. Because it was also the 70s then, started to be horror movies. Well, yeah, a couple interesting threads here. It's like one is what he sees as like, we killed the love movement, you know? Yeah, we're going to hell. Like, we're burning crosses. Well, and we should also talk about how he was not anti- Not anti-war, which I'm obsessed with. (laughs) Yeah. Because everyone was like, we're anti-war, we're the love movement, and like, you know, the Beatles and Woodstock and all that. Music is very like happy and lovey. And he was like, we're going to make metal we're going to be anti-establishment. And partly that means being anti this sort of free love movement, even though we're also being counterculture. And yeah, where he's like, we're not necessarily like anti-war, but we're, it's, and I think this is why metal connected with men. 
from working class cities. It's like, well, there's no choices for me but to like go out back and like shoot a squirrel. Right, exactly. Because the anti-war movement, the love movement, you know, parallels to today, doesn't provide an outlet for working class aggression. Right. And And it it is a bourgeois fantasy. And then the heavy metal, like, yeah, it created a whole new genre. And it was like not country because at that time also it was like the outlaw country guys who were also like being more hippies and actually being more anti-war than even like Alice Cooper. But here's where then he starts to marry these two, all these different worlds because in this classic indie guy way, he's really into horror and B-movies. No, and they were like, our favorite movie was Rosemary's Baby. It was like, whatever happened to Baby Jane? And like, they're just so into like, it's crazy Hitchcock, how like, one person can invent a million men's personalities. I know. It's really, really shocking. It's insane. It's like, shock rocking like, to me. It's shock rocking how like so many indie guys can just wake up and be like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm into? Yeah. Old, really bad horror movies. Yeah. And including me. Let's hello, see that hand high in the air, bitch. Hello, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> you it's were so me. into like old horror movies. No, I would go to the Coolidge Corner Theater, had it on Halloween, had an all night movie marathon that just played like totally bad horror movies. And that was a personality I was trying to create because I was like oh this is what like bad ass indie guys and do. you know what's funny is that Alice Cooper's reputation today I think like indie people wouldn't say that they like him but they don't realize that he invented them I know it's really because they're like oh he's like glam rock and he's like so silly and over the top and shock rock and it's like he literally invented like thinking that horror was cool and like turning that into a theatrical aesthetic so he like bit a snake or whatever on stage and then Ozzy Osbourne started doing all that stuff Right. Well, actually, Ozzy was the one who bit the bat. He right, never he bit, bit a bat. bat. And then there's the whole chicken incident. Right. And then people would think that Alice would do stuff that Ozzy did. So this famous thing is that when he really started to get big was when there was this rumor that he had killed a chicken live on stage. But what had actually happened was that someone threw a chicken on stage and then he threw it back into the crowd thinking it would fly, which it did not because chickens kind of aren't huge flyers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, the crowd uh, ripped it apart, which I'm a little bit like, okay, savage. No, concerts were crazy concerts back were then. Insane. You know, he was touring also then with like early Fleetwood Mac. And now we are so much more separated of mm. being like, this is a metal concert. Right. Well, well probably no, not, I guess, at Coachella. Well, but I'll say this. So did you listen to his first album? I did. And it's, it's literally w- just the Beatles. Yeah. It's a little more even, I would say, like Jimi Hendrix. Like it's being like but a the, little more psychedelic. It is. It's psychedelic, but the vocals and like the melodies and the kind of absurdist, it's so we all live in a yellow submarine. Like this is what I thought was weird because the whole like, I'm so weird, I'm different, I'm a cool girl, like portion of this book, I'm so thin and weird, where he's just like, nobody liked us. Like everyone thought we were freaks. No record would sign us. And I'm just like, your record sounds like extremely similar to the most popular band at the time. So I'm well, I'm not totally like buying that you were so freaky and different. I think it's just because like he was like probably had like some eyeliner on exactly. and they were like what? But then also it's like I'm 18 and like school's out. It's like those are pretty poppy as you're saying like catchy power pop songs but like they were considered so dark yeah. back in the day. In the end he's this doesn't happen anymore. He was like, we didn't break out till our third album. And it's like so hard now for bands to have the support behind them where you can put out yeah. three albums. Well, also, I love the part where he's like, yeah, sorry. Back then, we were like working so hard for the label. You'd have to be on contract to record 
two records a year, not one every three years like they do nowadays. I was thinking about that, but then I was like, wait, now I feel like country singers, Aham, Malou Combs, and Morgan Wallen have now like taken that to like the too farthest level where it's like Morgan is putting out his 40 track album and you're like, babe, no one has. Well, because that's just now this weird yeah. way to game the Spotify algorithm where you can have as many songs as possible. <laughs> Instead of coming out with maybe like three 12 track albums a year. Right. Which, and again, I'm not asking anyone to come up with three 12 track albums a year. Like, you would never ask that. No, I wouldn't. But, you know, you look at Rihanna, who was doing an album every year for like eight years, and then she was like, I have to stop. I have to go. And you're like, and now we don't get any more Rihanna new music because we ran her too hard, you know? And Alice just kept on going. But he's released like 46 is, studio albums. No, It's I, actually crazy. Was, no one is as prolific as him. I was going through the albums and I would say like the first four that I was really into. And then I think he then starts to try to copy like more Motley Crue and that style. And that's kind of where I'm like, you're not doing this as well. So I think School's Out, to me, that's his biggest hit. Like yeah. that's the, that's I, I that's knew that it. as a kid. I mean, it's like, it's an iconic song. But I love the way he does talk about music in this book. So he goes, the song was called School's Out, and the opening guitar riff was recorded to sound like someone shaking their finger at you. Na 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 na. So that was like supposed to evoke this kind of finger wagging, mm. this protest in the face of authority, like a little kid na na nannying at the world, but done on guitar. We wanted to recreate this sneering and snotty vibe. I don't have to go to school anymore. No more teachers, no more books, no more teachers' dirty looks. It's a sexy, rocking song. And what's so funny about his like early tracks, which were thought of as like so badass then, when he converts to Christianity later <laughs> in the yeah, life, yeah. people are like, oh man, like what's going to happen to Alice Cooper? Like you're so badass and like such a shock rocker. And he's kind of like, um, my songs are actually so G-rated. Like my biggest song is literally about teens getting out of school. Yeah. And I'm 18, which also in my mind, I think of that as like an insanely badass song, but it's actually just about turning 18. Like very... It's kind of the prequel to Taylor Swift, so 22. 22. <laughs> which I was like, I'm 22. <laughs> ooh, ooh. It's like, yeah, actually turning 18, is it badass? Sure. But it's also like still can be a pretty Christian song. And he says, which I love this. This was very Rosie O'Donnell to me, and I will explain this. He goes, I'm a rocker who is Christian. I'm not a Christian rocker. Yeah. And he's being like, what? I can't be a rock and roll artist and Christian at the same time? Like how Rosie O'Donnell said, I'm Rosie O'Donnell, okay? I'm gay, but that's seventh on my list. Being gay for me? Number nine. Number nine on my list. I'm a mom. I'm a iHeart employee. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. It was that summer. That summer, I started using Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth makes elevated loungewear and amazing, luxurious, soft bedding that surpasses even the finest hotel sheets for a restful night's sleep on your travels or at home. I love Cozy Earth so much that I got it as a present for my spouse. 
And the things that happened on that bed, you wouldn't believe it. I got their joggers and oh my God, it almost feels like you're nude, better than nude. It feels like you're swimming in the most luxurious ocean. So stay cool and comfy during long flights with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, adding mm, a touch of style to your travel ensemble. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code CBC at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know we sent you after checkout, okay? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. When he decides to like start becoming a Christian rocker and his manager is just being like, Alice Cooper, like you're supposed to be so badass and goth and metal. And he's like, actually, the most punk thing I can do right now would be become Christian because everyone's afraid of me doing it. He's like, oh. And that's how I rebel against the image I've created for myself. No, in the audio, he was like, I was about to do the most controversial thing anyone had ever done. And then he says literally this quote, who's the biggest rebel to ever live? Jesus (laughs) Christ. And he'd just be getting so youth pastor now. Yeah, so basically those songs are Christian and they're badass Christian songs. And that's an inspo out there for anyone who is Christian and a rocker. (laughs) And well, so then at the end of the book, this is where I'm like, challenge be a rich person and not start a scam college or center. Yeah, We've seen this with Andre Agassi. We've seen this with Marina. It's not even built yet. He starts about how he wants to build a college mm. called like Grand Canyon College that's like semi-Christian. And then he builds also a teen center called the Rock Center that's a Christian center for teens in a bad neighborhood. And he's like, they can play basketball and pick up a guitar. So and- it's the Boys and Girls Club of America. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, and we're not hitting them over the head with Christianity but there are spiritual guides at the center that they can reach out to. Absolutely. If so. Okay, it's like Jesuit. It sounds, <laughs> yeah, very Boys and Girls Club Jesuit. The part where he goes, I've read the Bible seven times and I'm just barely scratching oh, yeah. the surface. I'm just barely getting in there. He just loves the good book. Uh, okay, we should talk about golf, though, for a so, second. So okay. what happens, basically, as you could imagine, he gets addicted to alcoholism. Or um, he's addicted to alcohol. He's addicted to alcohol, which some may call alcoholism. Right. And what saves him is, is the game of golf. Because golf is... A fucking long ass game. No, it takes you up need like five hours, hours of your day. Hours. 
He's like, if I have a long day ahead of me, I'll start it out with five hours of golf. So I'll play golf from seven to 12 and then lunch I'll and then do lunch more and then holes. record studios and like sign books. Oh, and then he's like bragging about how busy he is. He's like, not only am I running Grand Canyon College, having a radio show on Sirius XM, touring across the country, right. being a father and playing 90 holes of golf. <laughs> okay, so he has this thing with Elvis where he finally meet he meets Elvis and he's like, it's so iconic. And then Elvis is like, I want to show you something. And he's like, here's my gun. And then he's like, this is weird. And then Elvis does this weird thing where he like, he's like, point the gun at me. And Alice Cooper points Elvis's gun at him. And then Elvis does some weird like karate move where he like gets him on the floor and is like. And the gun that- is loaded too. It's that- very like what happens to you when you have a residency in Vegas and you become <laughs> the most famous person in the world. And-, and then and then he goes, I want to show you something that's real special to me. And he like pulls into his bedroom. He pulls out this police report from his bedside table. And the police report is all about how Elvis like beat up these random guys who like were trying to hassle him as they were like yeah, leaving a he's, pool like, hall. Ragging to Alice. And Alice Cooper's like, and I realized this was actually like him, like the one of the only times that he was interacting with reality yeah. and like interacting with real people without his handlers around. And he was like, he was so excited by this one moment of realness in his life. No, oh, it makes you think of just so lonely and of- sad. Britney. Yeah. That I was like, when that whole yeah. Vegas residency where yeah. she was so vacant and was like in her conservatorship, it's like that was Elvis was also basically like in a conservatorship. I know. And it's like, and now she's just permanently damaged. Yeah. But someone who started Vegas residencies but kept friends around who seems to be a totally cool cat Alice Cooper, the one and only Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. And no, Frank is still, yeah, he seems chill. He meets Frank at a celebrity softball game, and he lets this, so there's this guy, Jilly Rizzo, who owned a Sinatra's favorite bar in the 60s. Wait, also, was Frank Sinatra, like, famously, like, very abusive to all his girlfriends? Actually, no. He was a womanizer, but not abusive. Good for him. Yeah, wonderful. But, yeah, he lets, like, Sinatra's, like, compadres, like, kid watch a celebrity golf game and then Sinatra sings one of Alice Cooper's ballads later on. Sinatra was famously like anti-rock and then he like accepted it later on in his life and came out with the album Duets. (laughs) I mean Alice Cooper's music does like shift around wildly like you listen to one of his random albums from the 80s and you're just kind of like okay so now this is like all being like slow 80s ballads and then some are like way more like hair metal and then some are way more like almost folk. And I like, mean, okay, when you're, you're putting out that many albums, you have to switch it up. But he yeah. also, he talks about the ballads and he's like, oh, I realized like women went crazy for my ballads. He needed to do these so chick I need, ballads. Yeah, I need to do these like, corny chick ballads. Alice who stays married throughout this, his entire, he's still married to the same woman. The only time he almost has a chance as Raquel Welch is into him. And then he's like, sorry, you know I'm, what? More, I'm more into my this dancer than Raquel yeah. Welch. And everyone's like, what? You're crazy. You're crazy. How could you leave Raquel Welch? She's the sexiest woman alive. Um, So I started golfing while Stephen looks for a quote. My first golf experience was with my father as we took my sister to a horse show and it smelled like manure. And I was so bored. 
And there was a driving range. And my dad said, let's go to the driving range. Wow. Yeah. And you were like, wait, this is what I've always wanted. And like how I would say golf or maybe Alice made him like accepted into this like old world casino culture. Yeah. The whole reason I, why I go to the driving range and why to do it because I was like, oh, this will make me be a man. Right. Let me choose the most like cigar, scotch, and driving range culture is also so this thing of like, oh, yeah, we're having Bucket beers. Of beers. Bucket of beers. Right. There's that iconic scene, the sweetest thing, where the, the, the driving range with beers. With beers before the wedding. Yeah. Um, and I've only now, of course, played my one... I've played two nine-hole courses that were more like bucket of beers. And then I did play the 18-hole course in Ireland. Right. Um, where I did have to wake up at 6 a.m. And it was really... It was very Alice Cooper schedule. It was full Alice Cooper schedule. And also it was current Alice Cooper schedule because there was no beers. <laughs> Just... So, sober to the boots. <laughs> morning of the wedding. Yeah, morning of the wedding. Uh, and I mean, maybe it worked. I didn't really drink much the day before. Because I was like, I have to wake up at 5 a.m. in Monaghan to yeah. go to the Monaghan Country Club. And, and wait, again, it's funny, the part where he talks about how he's like, I don't know why people love golfing so much in like Scotland just because they invented golf over there. It's cold. It's windy. It's weird. He was like, I'd rather be golfing in Arizona with one of those misting machines on my golf cart <laughs> in the nice dry air. So Republican and just be. And it's like. Alice is very good, and he gets sponsored by Callaway, and he does is this. Is that like a, a golf so that's club like, company? Yeah, it's a golf club company. They also sell like hats and shirts and stuff like that. But Alice does this whole thing about how Callaway is like the only golf company to go on a limb and like sponsor alcoholics. Like let As and if, you're, like everyone who plays golf is it's not. not an I know is they're not like the most everyone red is just the most bloated and red face like. Doused in brandy, Republican. And he's like, like John Daly, who's a gambling and alcoholic. They said, you know what? You go with Alice and you play with your Callaway clubs. And he's being like, oh, Alice, I would love a beer right now. And he's like, no, John, have another Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, Callaway changed the game. And like, this is what we're talking about sports. Callaway was the first company to change drivers from wood to metal. I'm sorry. It's easier. It's way easier because he talks about with the wooden things. What does he call? He uses some phrase when you hit a golf ball wrong and it's so embarrassing and your entire arm starts mm. shaking. Seems like you don't know the phrase, Miss mm. Golf. <laughs> Which brings us to our next yeah. segment. How does she swing? <laughs> Let's see if Lily, yeah. the, the golf master, apparently who's played two nine hole courses. And one 18 hole. Let's go. Um, let's see if you know actually anything about this game that you Literally, prefer to love. Yeah. Okay. What is par? <laughs> I will tell you this. Par is the number of times that it is supposed to take you to finish the hole. So if one, if let's say. Number of times. Number of hits. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's say, oh, you're on hole three and it's a par four. That means it should take you four hits. But if it takes you over that then that's bad. And that there's definitely another word for that that I don't know. And this is all related to your handicap. Right. Yeah. Okay. What is chipping? Chipping is when you hit a ball a short distance. <gasps> okay. Literally, you know, Amy. Yeah. Oops. Okay. Yeah. It's like giving putt vibes. It's putt vibes, but it's also like 
and this is where you, you want to use maybe a wedge or a three iron, you're like, Holy oh, shit. you're like, oh, well, I don't want to slam this over and use too much power because golf is about it's knowing the distance. Okay. So you're like, let me wedge this over, pop it up a few I yards. Literally miss club. I'm shook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes or no. Will you ever see a picture of Tiger Woods finishing a drive with his hands high and over his head? No. Correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you finish high after the swing, which I'm a little like, what does that mean? Well, I think mean? that means you don't. Thing is, you're not like you're, bringing the golf club If you bring club it all the head, way back, that means you're like wasting energy right. for the swing. Right. Um, yes or no? You should always put your hands behind the ball. No. Correct. I learned that actually in this book. I need to put this into my game. Can you name the seven basic swings, according to Johnny Miller? Oh, God. Okay. One of them is also the name of a haircut that a gay guy gets. Oh, the fade. A high fade. High fade. Mm -hmm. The strong whip. Nope. <laughs> the lick 30. Nope. <laughs> the Arnold 7. Yep. <laughs> um, the Twisted T. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the, the Trulia. <laughs> the Trulia. Uh, the White Claw Pomegranate. <laughs> Wait, that one part in it when he starts like listing the price of beer at the Hawaii Golf Club? <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, so actually beers were eight at this Hawaii Golf Club and my tab was $1,500. <laughs> well, that's when he says that he loves... Um... This is like before he says like Maui is the sickest place to golf because you're okay. in heaven. He's like, and then you go and you sun yourself. Uh, I want to list a few of the celebrities that he plays with because he talks about how he does do the celebrity golf tournament, which is just all celebrities. And he's like, yeah, I'm actually not into getting really big names for my celebrity golf tournament. I'm into more like random celebrities. And there's a photo of here of him teaching some putting tips to tennis great Venus Williams. There's another photo of him and Darius Rucker and Justin Timberlake at the 2006 Bob Hope Chrysler Classic. Classic. Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker, Justin Timberlake, Alice Cooper. I would love, I would go to that concert. Absolutely. And that's where we need to mix genres yes, more. I totally agree. Wait. And then he gets a deal with Callaway. Via that guy Arliss, who had that show on HBO. Wait, Did, Arliss? That show yeah. with the money signs in it? Yes. And he's like, it was actually at a VH1 charity game called Fairway to Heaven that Arliss <laughs> introduced me to the Callaway reps. And I'm like, God. this is the life I want. Yeah. This is why I'm learning the seven holes. So, so Arliss one day will introduce will me. Introduce you to the reps that will give you the deal that you need yeah. to take your career to the next level. One thing that was also very Anthony Kiedis about this book was that when he meets his wife, she's 18. I'm 18 and I don't know what I want. 18. And it's like, it looks like he didn't know what he wants. Yeah. Um, We should talk about how you've literally met Alice Cooper. Oh, yeah. Weird that I haven't brought that up yet. Yeah. So the first celebrity I ever met in my life which kind of got me on track to one day going to book signings with my friend Lily and then one day starting a podcast about celebrity memoirs was literally me meeting Alice Cooper <laughs> when I was about 10 years old at a little thing called Spooky World. Now, if you're from the <laughs> New England area, you may be familiar, but Spooky World was a Halloween event park 
Uh, yeah, basically was, a spooky themed kind of Six Flags, but rides and haunted it was, houses. It was seasonal, so it was it was up for about a month. That it was like, was it in New Hampshire or like? It was in New Hampshire. You know, my cousin once did all the electrics for Spooky wow. World. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, and also I feel like there. This is so like scary mass news. Like once, of course, someone a sick in the head person posed as an employee because they're supposed to scare you going through. Mm-hmm. You know, the haunted house, and they did go ahead and hurt someone. Uh, but no one died? I don't think so. Question okay. mark. Somebody was hurt once yeah, at Spooky was, World. Yeah. Very spooky. No, there's like a haunted hayride. I remember like... Did you being... stand in line? How did so, it... Okay, but so yeah, so the Alice Cooper thing. I was there with my um my nanny, Heather, who famously was my like cool badass nanny who took me to Blue Man Group and had the Tori Amos poster on her wall and was very into dragons did um, a few other things. She did a few other things. With that the, we'll talk about her, the on the v- VIP v- lounge, lounge with her Kama Sutra book. Um, but she took me to Spooky World and was like, you're going to meet Alice Cooper. And I had no idea who he was, obviously. But of course, I remember standing in line and he's there in this little like hut shack thing at Spooky World. And he's got the long hair and it's so like crimped and dry. <laughs> His hair is so dry and crazy. And he's, and he's got the eyeliner on and he looks like he's 300 years old. I mean, he's got like the, you know, the the Keith Richards, like deep, deep lines in his face. And he's wearing a leather jacket and he's like, he's goth, he's glam. And I'm like, damn, this guy is crazy looking. And I got his autograph and he like got his like signed oh. photo or whatever. And Wait, I was, it was like, you got like an eight by 10. Yeah. And I was just wow. like, and I knew, but I could see that I was like, but he's famous. Yeah. You're like, no, this is cool. And that's what's cool. And it's like, the fact that I don't know who he is doesn't matter because, like, no. clearly people are excited to literally just get his autograph. And that's what sparked it in me. It's all to Alice. Just the idea that being near someone was worth waiting. I, I thought it never occurred to me until then. And I was like, okay, this is culture. This is it. Alice Cooper at Spooky World. And then, to be honest, I never really followed up on, like, who he was. I never, like, learned about him until this week. <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, 
even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Segments are at for the summer. What does she eat? How does she live? What does she wear? Let's do how does she live first, because he lives literally in Arizona for golf. Yeah. I um, mean, I'm picturing... I think it's... um Glass tables. Glass table. Leather couches. Maybe black leather. I feel like, you no, know, he has a rock and roll zone with, like, a black leather couch and then a room of framed of all of his records. But I feel like Cheryl has control. So now it's maybe more an earth tone. Earth tone sofa. in the formal living room. Mm-hmm. And then he has like his epic guitar. And then guitar. the formal dining room has like the biggest, heaviest, longest table. That maybe is glass. That's super long for their children, Calico and <laughs> Alice Cooper to me seems way more stable than someone, another rocker. <clears throat> kiss Gene Simmons mm. who seems who's always been sober but is like really controlling and mm. seems like kind of just like angry and unsettled well there's I think that there's like a false like level of control that Gene Simmons feels that he has because he's like I've never I've never hit rock bottom I've always been in control and so he's actually never had to confront yes. the demons that Alice had to confront when and, he went to rehab many times and relapsed and came back. Um, I think the bed is super high. Just to get, how does she live? Um, and because we're in this earth tone sofa place, I'm going to go ahead and say that it is being like a classic, like Adobe style. Yes. And like Spanish style, whatever, Hacienda in the greater Phoenix area. And I feel like golf games are just on mute. On the 99 inch television. Yeah, absolutely 99 inches. How does she live? Yeah, Cheryl's whipping up a Dover soul. I mean, how does she eat? How does she eat? Yeah. Yeah. They're Arizona, getting that gorgeous Arizona so fresh soul. I feel like he's kind of a foodie, even though he doesn't mention it. Like, No, because he didn't eat for so long as an alcoholic. Like, He mm. never gained an interest in it. He eats now. I think, he's he's very, a- I think he's still at this point where he's like, Hey, it's it's cool that I'm eating. Like every day above ground is a good one. Like sure, I'll have this buffalo chicken wrap. I guess when I say foodie, I think he is going to an Arizona Tuscan Grill. <laughs> yeah, classic foodie destination. <laughs> and for them, and he's getting a he's balsamic. He's going to Toscana, like, and is getting a balsamic steak a la piazza. Okay, so <laughs> specifically not a foodie. He's not going to that like place that like amazing oh, pizzeria. Oh, that pizza place. No. Pizza pizza Bianco whatever. That invented farm to crust. <laughs> no, he's not doing that. But I bet if I, you know, do a game with him and I say, "Hey Alice, would you want to go to Pizza Bianco with me?" No, he would. You know what he is though because he's so um sober. He's so like Diet Coke. Diet Coke and like lemonade. Yes. And Wait, he, he does like 12 Diet Cokes a day. Yeah. He's probably, lemonade he probably, it's like, maybe he likes I'll say it Nantucket Nectars oh 
oh, you came to play. (laughs) (laughs) And do you think he makes his own Arnold Palmer's? Which is half lemonade, half iced tea. Yeah, named after the famous golfer. I think that Cheryl maybe is getting a jug going. Okay, she has a pitcher. Yeah. In a beautiful pitcher. He has got a long day of like six hours of golf and then a lot of recording. I just don't see him squeezing lemons. No, I think you're right. Yeah, not squeezing lemons, but Cheryl will have it because I think Cheryl just kind of is at the home. Yeah. Um, what does he wear? I feel like on golf days when he's not doing the eyeliner. Well, now that he's like this Christian youth pastor, <laughs> like I do feel like he's kind of like 2006 Justin Timberlake style and being kind of like skinny whiskered jeans and like a button down but still doing some like necklaces and goth accents yeah and then we'll just probably do like white Nike polo Mm -hmm. khaki shorts ponytail visor yes yes no I do see him in a theory button down a black theory button down when they go to the Arizona Tuscan when they go to Al Toscana yeah theory Theory, I said it. Who are you in the book? I identify with him like being pretentious and liking James Bond or whatever, but I also... I think you... Are you Groucho Marx? Oh. And you have all these people accidentally on staff that you're paying? Groucho I am Groucho Marx. Because Groucho Marx is being such a bitch. Wait, okay. So they're watching old movies. I go over and sit next to Groucho with a six-pack of Budweiser while he sat up in bed with his beret and his cigar. The TV was always on. Usually some classic Hollywood film. See that guy there? This macho, handsome cowboy actor in some old movie. He's gay! (laughs) Like, I'm just watching all movies being like, he's gay. That's so me. Like, yeah, you're screaming. I'm gonna he's gay. 85 watching like clips of the like 2016 debates with Cory Booker. It's just on in the background. It's just on in the background just being like, he's gay. Oh, People wait. didn't know it, but he's but gay. But he is. They said it. No, let me pull up. Pull up that Atlantic article for me. Uh, So you, you are, are. I think so I'm. You're, you're the cousin of me in the book. If I have my ground remarks. I mean, honestly, I'm Arliss. I'll say it. Yeah. I'm Arliss at the VH1 Fairway to Heaven. <laughs> and I've always wanted to meet Alice. And like, this is my in. And I'm just like, Alice, sup? I'm Arliss. At the end of the day, I give this book two and a half five irons. Like, out of five, I kind of wanted, I wanted both more, I either wanted it to be more <laughs> of a golf handbook where I'm learning more about golf, or I wanted it to be more of like, you know, uh, a memoir with pathos and and anger and self-reflection. And it was kind of just like this breezy, like, welp, and then we did this, but and golf is kind of, kind of fun and silly. I'm giving it a 3.2 Scottish golf course out of five. Because of all the references to me where it was like, this is a book about me meeting actors from Hill Street Blues and playing golf with them. Yeah. And turning that into a book because I can, because I'm Ellis Cooper. And that confidence. No, it's the confidence is inspiring. And I was I was happy to like learn a little bit more about this man who actually has been secretly so influential. Exactly. And just to think and it made me go through his catalog more and I'm gonna keep on doing it. Yeah. I was listening to Alice Cooper all last night. Real fun. Not Real. not dinner time music, but good dinner prep music. Very good dinner prep. Yeah. Um, if you're into Alice, if you've gotten into it, I have actually another metal wreck for you. Here it comes. 
Pentagram. Pentacle. Pentagram. Pentagram no. is actually a design agency. Yeah. In- <laughs> Stop, Lily. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to make you a metal mix, and um, I can't wait for your new metal era. God, is- <laughs> Lily, so authentically metal. <laughs> I am. I'm authentically golf. I'm authentically metal. At the end of the day, one of the biggest posers you'll ever meet. And on that note, best. best. was produced by Darby Masters. Abu Zafar's supervising producer and editor. Me and him once chugged a bottle of whiskey and then ate cats. Christina Everett is an executive producer and she's one badass chick. She actually runs a golf club in Tempe, Arizona. But Heed Frazier did the engineering. Man, is he good at golf. One day we'll play together at a celebrity charity tournament for Christian teens. Teddy Blanks did the artwork. Such a cool artist. I'm super inspired and I want to get one of his pieces in my home with my beautiful wife. Stephen Phillips hosted a rockin' theme song. This podcast was co-created with Pro Rock Projects. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.